Welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast, Andrew. What am I supposed to say? It's Brian Winhorst and the Hoop Collective featuring Jackie McMullen and Tim McMahon. Uh, yeah, subscribe, rate, and review. And, Thank and you. Andrew and, the Han. And Andrew and the Andrew Han. And Andrew the Han. And Kyrie. And, and in Bristol. that review, complain about the lack of my theme song, please. <laughs> okay, Again yeah, please that. do that. McMahon, the theme song is not coming back. It has been, it is, it's not buried because it's living elsewhere. That's all I'm going to say, but it's just not, mm. it's been, it's been excised. It was voted off the island. The haters you know? going to hate. Yeah. Um, McMahon is joining us from Houston where he's going to the Lakers, uh, Rockets game tonight. I mean, I assume you're going to the game. I don't want to, maybe oh, just yeah. in Houston yeah. to party. I'll be there, baby. You know? No, 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 no. No, no. I'm a professional. <laughs> And Jackie is joining us from Denver, where she is doing a uh, story that will come out later. We won't say what it is, even though it's been tweeted about. When Jackie comes to town, people tweet about it. It's a big, it's a big deal. The legendary Jackie Mac. Okay, that's so what that's it said. Just, like silly and embarrassing. So that's all I have yeah. to say about that. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Continue. So uh, I, will we had at, inter- I will be at OKC Nuggets tomorrow night, though. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that okay. There you go. That's one. gonna be fun. Like, One of the most memorable game. regular season games in my life was Thunder at Nuggets. That's when Russ broke the triple-double record and hit the 35-foot oh, man! to eliminate oh, the Nuggets from the playoffs oh, and got a man. standing ovation from the Denver crowd. Yeah, that was that – was, was, um, That was amazing. Oh, my. Uh-huh. I remember that so well. Like, they were giving – like, he was walking out of, like, into the tunnel, and the fans were standing around the tunnel like he was Elvis. The, they they, well, they should have. It was a great the, moment, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah. And, like, yeah. he got the triple-double. They were down, like, 13. Then he scored the rest of the points and hit the, like I said, it was like a 35-footer. Um, like I said, you know, there's a lot of regular season gaming. Not many you remember in vivid detail uh, years later, but that's one that I will for sure. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, they were, he was actually trying to get a victory. He wasn't, like, chasing stats. Like, that was one of the cool things about Kobe's last game. While he did take 50 shots to get his 60 points, um, they were coming back to win the game. And he was playing to win the game. Yeah. And, the sh- and the shots that, that and look, went to, in there. To get up, <laughs> look, to get up 50 whenever, shots, especially at that age, is something else. Right, I know. That whenever, was whenever you start a sentence with, while he did put up 50 shots, I stopped listening, guys. Sorry. <laughs> well, it was a fun game to watch. I'll always remember that one. And then he had the – it, it, it kind of took um, a little bit of the luster off of it. You know, Kobe, like when he announced his retirement and then he had like a whole – a trove of retirement uh, memorabilia ready like the next fi- in like the next day. <laughs> yeah. And then when he did Mamba out and then he had like Mamba out me- me- memorabilia that went on sale like that night, it took a little bit of a way, yeah. but I thought it was cool in the moment. Um, I, speaking I of legends, might be a hashtag one last dance retirement thing going on. Some uh, memorabilia available later on this season. You might be right about that. It's uh, that. that was, that was fun too. The other night, uh, again, a close game, uh, LeBron totally locked Dwayne down. He wasn't mm-hmm. biting on his pump fake. Um, uh, that was a, a fun moment. The Lakers are actually kind of fun right now, McMahon. We'll see. Um, cause kind of oh, what's yeah. happened with the Lakers, um, Rondo and Brandon Ingram, two guys that don't really fit playing with LeBron are out. It happened organically. Yeah. They got hurt. And now LeBron gets to play with more floor spacers. 
even though Lonzo Ball is not a great three-point shooter, he is a floor spacer. He's more of a floor spacer than Rondo is. And, you know, LeBron has always thrived playing with combo guards um, like Josh Hart. Um, like the floor is spread and LeBron is getting to play his style of basketball. And what do you know? The Lakers are trouncing teams. It's um, if the Lakers had built the, if the Lakers had not tried to outsmart everybody and built the team this way in the summer um, and not signed like Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley instead tried to sign every shooter they could get. This is what it would have happened mm-hmm. anyway. So the Lakers are having fun. I don't know if it is going to translate to success, uh, in the season, but I mean in the postseason, but they're having fun right now. So we had an interesting event with a legend uh, last night in Charlotte. Um, Charlotte mm. had a, a, um, Jeremy Lamb hits a shot um, to put him up two, and it was kind of like at the buzzer. Um, oh, yeah, 0.3 seconds. I don't, I don't know how much. T- yeah. So um, Malik Monk, up. who's not. Okay. What do you, what's the problem? Uh, Hello. Question my the the yeah. You question the time. No, I said point three seconds. I, I didn't. Malik Monk, but, you were saying. Right, Malik Monk comes on the court, um, and it was at the other end of the court because uh, Jeremy Lamb hits the shot um, in front of the Pistons bench, um, and then the Pistons try to throw like a long inbound, but Malik Monk is out on the court. I also think Bismack Biombo is out on the court, and and Malik Monk gets hit with a technical. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so Detroit makes one free throw and then they tried like another Hail Mary pass. It didn't work. So the, 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 the uh, Hornets still won. But d- during the review, as they're reviewing like the technical, Michael Jordan, who sits right at the end, his, his seats are right at the end of the Hornets bench. Michael Jordan reaches over and like playfully, I thought playfully, you know, yeah. hits or slaps, slaps is too strong of a word, nudges Smacks. Malik Monk in the, yeah, Wax. nudges Wax. Malik Monk. Yeah, and he, I think he yeah, did it twice. Like he, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> there you go. That was a very Texan way of saying it. Uh, I thought this was hilarious. Um, but, See, like, when you said, when you were speaking of a legend, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to talk about Scott Foster who called the T because, if we're calling tees on that, there's going to be tees called after every game winner. Matter of fact, the Mavericks actually, back in December 2013, protested a loss in Golden State. Same situation. There's a, there's a game winner with like less than a second left. Three Warriors come flying off the bench. There's like, a, you know, a Warrior comes flying off the bench, his chest bumping at the, at the free throw line. The Mavericks <laughs> are trying to inbound the pass. You know, they don't score. They protest. They lose. But, like, have you ever? Uh, when have you seen a a celebration tea called? I've never I've never seen that. I mean, it's letter of the law, right? But come on, Jackie, have you ever seen it? I have not. I mean, we, we you know we we used to see it when they had the uh, the fighting and guys would leave the bench. You know, very mm-hmm. famously that you know Dio and Stoudemire, if you guys right recall, right right, um, that was oh, a big yeah. deal. But oh, uh, Mike D'Antoni brings it up different. about five times a year. I, I know. It's gr- I, I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah. I hear he is you. not over I mean, it. He's not over no. it. When I saw the replay, I thought Jordan might have been on the court at the end of the game, too. He was kind of excited. Um, but, okay, maybe that was after the buzzer. But, um, yeah, there was a little bit of a hubbub. Jordan had to issue a statement, I think. Yeah. Like, it was no big deal, and I, Malik right. Monk had to give an interview. I just thought it was funny. 
Yeah. Yeah. We've lost our sense of humor, though. We already know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, because it's, it's like a PC world and you can't touch anybody. You can't touch anybody. Well, and Jordan had a smile on his face when he did it. I mean, it was like, you know, it was like an uncle type thing, you know? Well, it's, I don't well, think it's a question of... Sorry, Jackie, but it's no, please. It's not a question of whether Jordan had a smile on his face on it. It's a question of whether it's okay for Malik Monk to get smacked upside the head by an owner, or even if it was like an older player. Like, is that? Are we cool with that? Yes. And Jordan okay. isn't smiling. I'm watching <laughs> it again. He's not. Smiling. Matter of fact, but but it's like, come on now. That's like Andrew on. the Han. Just because you said that, I'm smacking you upside the head next time I see you. <laughs> you Got to catch me first. Uh, like, uh, I mean, I do think it would, I do think because it's, I do think it's because it's Jordan, it's a little bit different. Like Cuban sits at the end of the bench too, you know, have Cuban walk down and, uh, uh, I don't know, slap Dennis Smith Jr. upside the head. I don't know if it would be, you know what, you're right. You're actually right. You're actually right. I think you're right, Brian. I think I would feel differently. You're funny. It's funny that you say that. Yeah. You know but what, though, Cuban's just, one who might actually be able to get away with it because he is kind of, you know, he does true. have that, know you that. know, part of the team that's, type of, but yeah, if it's like, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Dan Gilbert or something, <laughs> then it's a totally different deal. <laughs> yeah, he sits right by the bench too, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't think, I, I, yeah, I don't think Clay Bennett, you know, Clay Bennett sits near the Thunder bench. I don't uh-huh. think he could, I don't think it'll quite be the same, but I, look, I don't, I just thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, especially since I did too. They ended up winning. You know, they won. Right. Um, I'm not so sure it should be happening all the time, but um, I don't think it needs to be a federal case. Um, and let's let's now, be real. Like, there's plenty of other reasons to smack Malik Monk upside the head. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not exactly having the best year, right? He's shooting like 36 no. percent from the floor or something yeah. crazy like no, that. Like, so. Like having, where was he? Ta- where was he taken in the draft? He was taken in the lottery, right? Yeah, Eleven, I believe, I definitely before yeah, Donovan yeah. Mitchell. Yeah, if you if you look at like what De'Aaron Fox, I think De'Aaron Fox was taken fifth. I think that's yeah. right. De'Aaron Fox. If you look at like, what, I, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him on Sunday in Dallas. Boy, did I t- I talked to a scout, a guy that I really like, uh, who I trust his uh, judgment. Uh, I, in fact, I got into a, I got into a fight mm-hmm. with this guy years ago. Over Evan Fournier, uh, oh, when Evan Fournier was in Denver, he goes, "This guy can really play." And they traded him to Orlando because that was a great trade for Orlando. And I was like, "You're telling me Evan?" Like I got into it with him over Evan Fournier, and then mm-hmm. when Fournier turned into a pretty decent player, I was like, "You know what? This guy might know what he's talking about." Yeah, um, <laughs> he is uh, he is raving about De'Aaron Fox. This guy, he's like, "Oh, this is a personnel guy." Uh, for a team, he's like, this guy is st- like, he's going, he's a stud. And so he's in his second year. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. want to say it's apples to apples, but you know, y- you think about a point guard, you know, the young point guards tend to struggle a little bit in their first year. And then you like to see a bounce in the second year. And we're seeing that from De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. We are not seeing it from, and you know, he was not in the game at the end, you know, ideally your, your lottery pick that you've taken uh, is in the game at the end of a close game in his second year, maybe not in his first year, but in his second year. Um, but anyway, I just thought it was funny, but what I, what I don't know if it's funny, although I'm getting amusement out of it is this ongoing saga with the bulls and Jim Boylan. Yeah. Um, 
there was so the Bulls are in Mexico City, and uh, as a res- they're for the uh, Mexico. I think they're called the are they called the Mexico Games, or are they just called the Global Games? That'd be a know. creative name for it. Uh, thank you. Um, so as a result, John Paxson, their president, has been giving some interviews, and I'm sure he wasn't planning on giving interviews so soon. Um, and he, some of the quotes that came out, uh, I am taking this all from Casey Johnson. I don't know if other people got, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if any other people got the interviews, but I saw from Casey Johnson for the Chicago Tribune. There was some just tremendous, tremendous quotes that came out of yesterday's media session. Um, you know, one of them was, uh, John Paxson saying, you know, I see these guys in the summer and they post on social media about how they're having two and three workouts a day. Um, you know, we just want, we just want two hours for a practice. We don't think that's unreasonable. The and day after like, back I, to back. <laughs> I just thought Which that nobody that was, does. Right. I mean, I just thought it was amazing. Um, and then, <laughs> But, Jen, but then Pax said, you know, I will say that Jim Boylan is he's going a little bit fast and he, he kind of needs to slow down. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he doesn't need to implement all of these changes right in a row. You know, we're, we're supporting, but he needs to slow down. Um, and Jim, uh, Boylan heard those quotes. Casey Johnson read those quotes to, uh, Jim Boylan. And Jim Boylan basically says, um, I'm excited and to back off isn't my personality. <laughs> I, so he said, I gotta be me. He says, I gotta be me. I take John's he advice plays, very he seriously. Plays at one pace. Right, right. Um, I don't think I'll slow down. I think I'll speed up. Um, wow. and I also saw, I mean, we, we talked on the pod on Monday about, I mean, I'll just rehash it real quick. Have, have either of you guys ever heard of a team? calling a practice after a back-to-back. I understand that, you know, you want to be tough and set a set a tone, but, you know, nobody practices after back-to-backs. Yeah, now I, I will say, yeah, and in his defense, that's what that's about, you know? That's yeah, what in his defense, the second game was a 56-point loss, which perhaps would call for some unusual uh, circumstances. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's not like they, it's not like this was a competitive back-to-back. Now, but still, I mean, obviously it's... <laughs> Highly unusual to call a practice, especially like a grueling, you know, okay, Junction Boys, Bear Bryant type of thing that I guess he had planned. Well, they didn't actually have that practice though, so, but. Well, that's because the boycott was gonna, was gonna go down. (laughs) Um, also in Casey's story, I saw a detail that I had not seen before, which is that, uh, and maybe it was reported and I just missed it, but, um, that, Boylan has been having wanting to do film sessions post game. He's wanted to sh- to to while the players, you know, get in the locker room after the game. You know, they typically like to do treatment, shower, go home. And he's wanted to show some film clips to them post game. Um, mm. I mean, Jackie. I suppose on one hand, this could be like, look, um, everybody's taking it easy on players, more rest. We're just going to go against the grain, and we're going to. But, I mean, these are pretty unorthodox things for the NBA. Yeah, but someone told me, and I don't, I believe him, that Reinsdorf gave a directive. I want these players out of their comfort zone. And maybe he's taking this a little too literally. And, you know, he isn't Greg Popovich. We keep hearing that, you know, the Spurs-like culture and, you know, um, Greg Popovich, it's tough love and all that. 
well, you have to you have to have some of the success Greg has before you can you know pull that stuff. But so I think he's taking this a little too far. But I do think this is the directive given to him, and why they chose him. I mean, you don't think the Bulls didn't know who Jim Boylan was? You don't oh, think yeah. Jim he's... Paxson and Jerry Reinsdorf knew who Jim Boylan was and what he's like? Of course they did. So he's just maybe taken a little further than they had planned. And uh, I don't know. You, you know, it's... it's tough to ask players to change this dramatically, though, mid-season, though, isn't it? I, I couldn't it's not agree really more. Realistic. Yeah, he, I, I don't think it's bad to make players accountable and to make them work harder and tell them they're out of shape and all that. But there's a limit to it, right? Like the whole shock and awe thing, uh, there's a limit to it. And he's, he's crossed the line, I do believe. It's just fascinating. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I sort of, I'm enjoying it just because the the content is so amazing. Um, it is pretty good. Content. And um, I, I just, I can't wait to see what comes next. And you know, I know Jim a little bit. I, I'd never had to play for him. I find him to be a nice guy, um, but oh, uh, you know, I do know he's that a lot of fun. He's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, I do. As long as I you do don't know have to play it, for him. Right. right. I do know that you at Utah things when he was a coach at the University of Utah, that things got interesting from time to time, um, to put it mildly. But um, uh, I just I just can't wait to see what happens next. Um, you know, who knows? You know, Mexico City, the altitude is very high. You know, it's kind of tough on players. I don't know if he's going to take him through a hike through the mountains or something. I don't know. Maybe on the off day. Um Jackie, you had a story come out yesterday on Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought it was a fascinating story for a couple of reasons. I encourage everybody to read it. Um, first off, very typically when we see a profile of a player, it's often when a player is playing well. Um, this was a story about a player who was struggling. Um, and he's pretty open about his struggles in the story. And the story in general has some fabulous quotes in it, and I don't want to steal from all of it, but um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, how that how how that story came together. And I just think it opens up some interesting questions about the Celtics. But I'll listen to how you how it came together first. Well, we've been talking about Christina Daglas and, and myself and Tim Bontemps, the man about town, who just is everywhere. He was in. Where was he last night? Toronto, I think. Um, he was in San Francisco. So, San Francisco, right? Okay, sorry. And he's going to be in. Phil- I think he's in. I think he's in Philadelphia now. Yeah, he's just amazing. So he's he's out and about, and so we hadn't had anybody around the team like consistently the Celtics for a while because they were on the road and I was not on the road with them, and so we just thought, you know, let's just take a deeper dive into what's going on here, and so I called around a little bit, like we all do, talked to a couple GMs and. And, you know, most of them thought, oh, they're going to be fine. Gordon Hayward's going to take him some time. But the one player that everybody was a little flummoxed about was Jalen Brown. Jeez, I thought he would make the next step. And a lot of GMs also said, and and scouts, talked to a lot of scouts, said, hey, this is the natural thing that happens when a player's making that jump, right, to the third year. That's the hardest jump to make because now you're going from a, a player that people think, wow, he's really talented. He's got some interesting things going on. Can he make the jump to being, you know, a really great player? And I think a lot of people thought that certainly Jalen Brown has the skill set to do that because he's so exceptional on the defensive end. And there's nobody that struggled more than him. So I like Jalen. He's an interesting guy. He's, he's, he thinks a lot. He studies the game a lot. He studies a lot of things, you know. So I thought, let's take a stab. Let's look at the Celtic struggles to the poster boy 
uh, Jalen Brown, who's come to symbolize some of their struggles. And uh, it was just very interesting what he said, but also what those around him said. I found it interesting. Uh, I didn't realize that Kyrie, Kyrie especially. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kyrie Ky- was amazing. Well, you, you, yeah. you tell a story about Marcus Smart. I don't want to steal from the story, but um, tell a good story about Marcus Smart in the uh, in the story. But the Kyrie quotes, um, he almost kind of admitted he was taking some stuff away from his relationship with LeBron. Uh, well, Jackie, how did you perceive that with what Kyrie said? No, Kyrie, so it was interesting because one of the other things that a lot of um, people who are watching the Celtics have talked about is, well, who's the leader of the team? Well, it's obviously Kyrie. He's the best player, I think, undeniably. Um, although Tatum's pretty fun to watch, but he's he's been a little inconsistent. And it's clear to me that Kyrie has really decided to make a very proactive uh, decision to be a very vocal leader, and as you know, Brian, and some of this got cut from the story, which is fine. But he's a he's a um, he's an introvert at heart. He's not an extrovert, and he has had to really um, and, and willingly done this, really become more vocal, become um, more engaged in the locker room than he probably ever has been in his life. And I think once he did that, he started to realize, you know what, this is kind of hard. And the yeah, other, I wouldn't well, say he's a natural leader of men. I wouldn't say that that's... Well, he's because he's, you know. he's a little bit of... I don't want to call him a loner. I don't think that's what he is. But he's an, I think he's an introvert. But, you know, it's funny. Larry Bird was sometimes an introvert, too. So I think we have to be careful when we use that word. That does not suggest that you don't... That you can't be a leader or that you don't have the courage to be a leader. That's not what I'm saying. Because Larry Bird was one of the greatest leaders I ever saw. But he wasn't a hey-look-at-me kind of guy. And I think what Kyrie realized was, you know, I had my, like the quote that jumped out at me was when he admitted, you know what, I had no idea what I was doing with this leadership thing when I first started. I thought I did, but you know what, then you realize, gosh, you've got to treat all these players differently. I have to be mindful of my relationship with Brad Stevens uh, and the schedule and all these things. And, and he did make reference, not in name, but certainly everyone knew he was talking about, you know, the great leader he had been around and, and making guys accountable. And if that means getting in guys' faces, and sometimes you'll be liked for that, and sometimes you won't be liked for that, well, that's the way it goes. But Jackie, <laughs> what you're saying is that, you know, occasionally it, when you are the leader, you can rub uh, some of your guys the wrong way, or maybe it's not the wrong way, but you can rub them. And maybe Kyrie has rubbed Jalen a little bit, just like LeBron rubbed Kyrie a little bit. Well, and of course, Jalen says, I've got no problem with what Kyrie says. I've got no problem with Marcus Smart says, I don't even really hear it. Because remember now, he's a kid that has heard this already. When he played with IT, Isaiah Thomas was constantly on his case. And I think it's because when you watch Jalen Brown play, he's one of these guys that doesn't show a lot of expression, isn't a huge demonstrative guy. And so people, you know, Derek McKee comes to mind and you think of it and you say, but wait, is he really, a Jeff Green would be another one that might come to mind. Um, is he into this? Because it's hard for me to tell. Well, I always think that's so unfair to a player. I really do. Because everybody's different in the way they handle themselves. And, and Jalen talks in the story about needing to stay on an even keel. Because when he doesn't do that, things go south for him. And, you know, that takes me back to a story I did on him last year when he talked about being in high school and losing a, a state championship that they were favored to win. And, and he took it so hard, he, you know, locked himself in his room for three days with the shades down. And his mother finally, like, went in there and said, enough, we're not doing this. You know, you can't, this can't mean this much to you. 
So here's this kid trying to temper that. And his teammates are like, do you hear me? Are you, you know, are you with us? And, and he is. He's just with them. He's not Marcus Smart. He's never going to be Marcus Smart. But they're playing great right now. They won again last night, they although he, he missed the game he with an illness. Played. So yeah. they've, they've won six in a row, Brian, and, and um, he's missed four of them. And they've won six in a row since they put Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. Yeah. And, and uh, that doesn't mean that Jalen Brown isn't a huge part of what they're doing. He is. It doesn't mean that Jalen Brown isn't going to have a good year because I still believe that he will. I think it just means that he started off slowly and he's looking at it saying, you have all these expectations for me. Everybody wants me to do all these things, but I'm getting less shots and less minutes. So how am I supposed to do all these great things with less shots right. and less minutes? I thought the best quote in the entire piece was Danny Ainge saying, yes. you know what? You I was going to bring this I up. Played, I played 18 years in the league and probably only five of those years I got to have the role I wanted. And by the yes. way, Brian, most of those years was when he was in Sacramento. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's so like McMahon. That McMahon's never point. happy with his role. He's always... Never. He's always... There you go. Um, um, yeah, I thought that quote was... But I'll give I, you 30 think, in a playoff game. <laughs> there you go. I mean, here's what I think. I default to this, Jackie, and I guess it's player to player, and I guess it's... I always think that the guy in his third year is thinking about his contract. Because huh. if you're a really good player, you get a big contract after your third year. Not everybody, but but you know that's there. You can get your extension. And mm-hmm. I don't know Jalen well enough to know if they're thinking about this. Um, but if I'm Jalen Brown, I'm thinking, man, uh, I had a really good year last year. If I have a great third year, I might get you know the kind of money that I always dreamed about at the end of the season. And I wonder if. His reduced role is that that's on his mind at all. I, 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 well, it I'm may sure not it be. I may be. I may no, be projecting. No. How could it not be? Because he is a smart kid. He thinks about things. He's not one of these players that says, "I don't read anything. I don't see anything." You know, I asked him about the trade rumors. That you know, his name's in a trade rumor every other day, mm-hmm. and he he said, "Oh, of course I've seen it." You know, and I when I said to him, "Hey, you've become the poster boy for all the Celtics pros," he's like, "Oh, you noticed?" You know. So he's yeah, a kid was in the story. That's, that's, that's paying attention and listening. So sure, he wants to be great. Who doesn't? And he, you know, he works hard. He's got a great skill set. And, and defensively, I thought it was interesting. You know, the numbers have dipped a little defensively. Offensively, it's, that's the side of the floor that he's really, really struggling. Defensively, the, I didn't think the dip in his defense was that significant. And, you know, Brad Stevens told me, you shouldn't even look at those numbers because we're asking him, and he's right, to guard you know, every all the best players from all different positions. So but the I defensive numbers are really bad, though. I mean, they're not, you know, but I don't know. Well, I'm not but, but, enough but of But that's analyst. true. Yeah, but I think all of the defensive numbers for the entire team for about a, a two-week period, they were really bad. Remember, they were just giving up everybody. They were losing, you know, they were giving up 120 points. And this was a team that's supposed to be a, a defensive, you know, uh, juggernaut. So, uh so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. He's not the only one on the Celtics that would like a different role. We know that Terry Rozier would like a different role. Um, you know, Marcus Morris is just, all he's done is just play his rear end off. 
and got himself right into the starting lineup. He had a huge game. He had a huge oh. game last night. Yeah. Yeah, he has a he has a huge game every night. I mean, and and you know, if you're the Celtics, you wonder, will this will he finally cool off? You know, and I I was talking to him about it last week, and he's like, you know what? I've never been in such good shape. He's a new father. Um, yeah. And he and we always talk because we are now connected forever through our you know our connection with mental health and his mm-hmm. decision to get help to help him navigate the NBA and the ups and downs of that and he swears that it's changed his outlook on the game and the way he plays and the way he approaches it so I give him a ton of credit for that so they're going to be fine the Celtics will be fine now are they as good as the Toronto Raptors boy when Kawhi Leonard's playing the way he's playing and he didn't even play last night or the other night uh, yeah they they look pretty good without him my goodness well, Lowry yeah, had, was just, just struggling. Lowry had, was in a huge shooting slump, shooting in the 20 percentiles, and he just went on. He had a great game last night. Yeah, they had lost, I think, three or four. They uh, Lowry had been – he'd been passing up shots, which was right. – uh, although yeah. he, he gave some of his defiant interviews. I, I love Kyle. I, I know him. I know how he just gets in some, in some of these interviews. And so when I see them, I just smile. He was just sort of defiant about it. They went out to play the Clippers, and the Clippers have been scuffling, but the Clippers had one of the best records in the league at home. I think the Clippers, and I think the number was the Clippers and Warriors were combined 21 and 4 at home. The Raptors came out there and played them on a back to back. Kawhi didn't play in either game because he uh, tweaked his hip. Um, I don't think it's serious, but he did tweak his hip uh, over the weekend, and (laughs) they won both games easily. Uh, that was a pretty impressive little two game really uh, step. Um, uh, but McMahon, uh, another great game from Luka Doncic last night. The Mavericks are 16 and 11. Uh, Dirk is about and 11. To, oh, 15 and 11. The Sun, but they do play the Suns tonight, although the Suns blew okay. them out in the opener. Um, well, I don't think the Suns are blowing anybody out anytime soon. No. Um, the uh, Dirk is about to come back. I think he's coming back tonight. You reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, JJ Barea is playing the best basketball of his career, as far as yeah, I can although tell. Although he although he sprained his ankle last night, uh, jogging back to the bench after a chest bump, a flying chest bump from DeAndre, he survived that fine. But then there was he was running back to the bench and turned his ankle when he tried to avoid somebody on his way back to the bench. So he's he's questionable tonight, but he is playing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doncic has had just an incredible week. Um, no, look, and the crazy thing about, about Luke is he really hadn't shot the ball well these last three games with the exception of the most spectacular clutch flurry that I've ever seen from a rookie. You know, a personal 11-0 run uh, where it's three in the corner, step back three, drive and hit a floater after muscling P.J. Tucker, another step back three to put him up. And then these last couple games, he hadn't shot it well, but he had an, an 11 rebound, nine assist game, and a blowout of the Magic. You know, last night he gets to the line 15 times. You know, it's a 24-10 and six night. I mean, he, he's dominating these games, these last couple games, when his jumper's not even falling. He doesn't look anything like a rookie to me. He doesn't look anything like a 19-year-old. Jackie, have you ever seen anything like this kid? Oh yeah, but that doesn't mean he's not fabulous. <laughs> Oh, okay. I mean, he's not a he's not a once in a lifetime player or anything, but it is fun. I just like the swagger, and mm-hmm. I've I liked it 
Um, remember, Tim, way back when you did the story on DeAndre Jordan and he wasn't playing hard enough and he stole that rebound from Doncic? Yeah. I go all the way back to that moment when the look he gave, <laughs> he gave DeAndre Jordan when he snatched that ball away from him. I was like, that kid has to... to to use the word that my friend Tim McMahon likes so much, that kid has cojones, and he does. Yeah, he was cojones factor player of the month last month. They're young. Yes, well, uh, when I say ever. when I say never seen anything like it, I'm sort of mean a European player. Well, or um, or a teenager or nineteen year old. That's that's what I mean. Uh, just a nineteen I mean, year old at, European player. I just I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, when he, he he's so polished, and then he's just I mean, and I'm working on a story just on the ridiculous swagger that this kid has, but it's, it's because he's not a normal 19 year old kid. He is a seasoned pro. I mean, he played four seasons for Real Madrid, but even still team. we've seen seasoned he, he, pros come over and been shell shocked by the NBA. None that won, none that won the Euro league MVP at age well, 18. Cause there's never that's been true. one of those. Well, that's true, but you know, none that I've just, that I mean, Slovenia Petro, Petrovic a, is a, a completely different player. You know, Petrovic was obviously didn't have the same, you know, they had completely different too. skill set. And yeah. he was older. But boy, I'm just going to tell you, I covered him and knew him. And he came over with all sorts of swagger. Yeah. All sorts of swagger. You know, it's and, funny. And I was talking to Donnie up. Nelson about Luka. And that, and he, he brought up Petrovic in terms of, you know, the the, the buzz about him and just the, the swagger that he has. And, and he said, you know, really, that's... That's the guy that, in, in terms of those things, Luca was most similar to. Yeah, well, when I'm, you've when you've lived agree. through, you know, Darko Milicic and um, Nikolis Sakalides, not Sakalides. What was the guy's name? Who was the fourth pick for the Nuggets or whatever? The, Ski, the Philly. There you go. All the next dirts right. that that fizzled. I mean, I just. I, I, how about how about the immortal uh, Zarko Paspal? Remember him. <laughs> he oh, played for the Spurs. No. Oh my! I mean, he it's lived, just like he not only played for the Spurs, he lived in the gatehouse behind Pop's house. <laughs> he lived with Pop. Is that right? Yeah. Oh he my did. gosh! And he chain smoked, um, drove Pop crazy. Oh my god! I uh, I just remember, you know, Chad Ford having Martinez Andrus Cavishus as the number one guy on his big board at one time, and you know he you know he was you know the seven footer who could shoot, and you know you just. You hear about these sort of exotic players, and I've been let down by so many of them. So, I just, I was just, and I know that I, I know that everybody said Doncic was different. I know that they, I know it wasn't like it was a secret, but I just was just cautious, just cautious because I've been sold European goods before. And, and look, it's not like it's not like it was a consensus on him. Either. I mean, everybody thought clearly he was going to be clearly. good, but he went third. He didn't go first. Despite he went third that, when a team traded up. I mean, it wasn't yes, two teams so that passed. Teams it was passed two, three teams passed, yes. Mm-hmm. And who knows and, what and Memphis were, would have done. Maybe Memphis would have taken him. I don't know. I've, I've been told Memphis had Jaron Jackson Jr. hired him. And look, Jaron Jackson Jr. is really, really good, too. I agree. He's not Doncic, but, uh, No, but Doncic is the best player on a team that is one of the more pleasant surprises uh, in the league, I mean, it's his team, and, and and that's like Dirk's coming back tonight. Dirk's coming back, and you know, wants to blend into one of the league's best benches. This is Luca's team, and you've got guys like Harrison Barnes and Wesley Matthews. It's unbelievable! That are like, yeah, we we play. It's off amazing. Luka. That's yeah. amazing. Well, that's, that's, they, that's, that's the street it. cred. Yeah, that's the street cred. But I guess, guys, I'm not as wowed that a European can succeed. I just feel like we've had a bunch of them. 
not instantly, know. Jackie. They they typically need time to to mm-hmm. feel the physicality and the speed of the league. Um, okay, that's fair. But I know, mean, uh, yeah, but I don't know. Like I look at a guy like Jokic. You know, I'm watching him here. I'm talking to him today. He's a 41st mm-hmm. pick, and I mean he. You know, I'm doing the, I'm doing a story. I'm here to do a story on on Jamal Murray, but boy, everyone just raves about Jokic, raves about him. And he's a, you know, he's a reluctant shooter, so he's different than Doncic. I mean, they're different players. I don't mean to compare mm-hmm. them at all, but I guess what I'm saying is that I think the the narrative that that you know international players cannot be stars in our league is is an old, tired, worn one. So that 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 those days are over. Is this just a uh a reaction because Ricky Rubio was so underwhelming that everyone saw him in the 2008 Olympics and he was leading Spain against mm-hmm. that crazy team. And they're like, Oh my God, this, this young kid has been playing in Europe and he's going to come over and he's going to be the European magic Johnson or something like that. And so when Doncic showed up with the same kind of uh, credentials, people were a little bit more hesitant to jump on that boat again. Yeah, not only with that, but he was taken, I think, fifth in the draft, and then they waited a year for him, and it was like, but we've got, right. we've right. got him coming. Ricky's coming, you know. Of I know Steph yeah, Curry, but, we, but Ricky's coming. But we knew Ricky Rubio couldn't shoot. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that. Come on now. Well, a lot but of he was a kid that people knew. got excited about when they were seventeen years old, like with Don. Okay, Church. but I mean, so yeah. like, I'll just counter you with um, if we're talking international players, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's pretty good, pretty quick. Oh, he's he's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, but well, Joel Embiid, my God, Joel yeah, Embiid, but, Rudy Gobert. I mean, it's not like we don't have but any. Hold That's on, all. Embiid though, was hurt the first couple of years and, and played at, at, at Kansas. So uh, Gobert was a total project that played most of his rookie season. In the and Giannis G. was a project. Uh, Giannis yeah, was a yeah project. Giannis. When you look at, if you project Luca's numbers out now, and remember, he's a guy who he came in and, and a lot of people thought of him as a facilitator first who, you know, we'll see if he can get his own shot in the league. It's, it's really been more the other way around so far. If you project his numbers, the only teenagers who are going to have score more points in a season than Luca this season, if he keeps going like he is, Melo, KD, LeBron. I mean, I'll just go That's back two list. years. Dragon Bender. Yeah, but that I mean, was I know, a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's. Yeah. I know he didn't have quite the same hype as hype as Luca, but like people were talking about Dragon Bender, like f- for a year. Uh, he, I think his team came to the to uh, the U.S. and played a couple of uh, exhibition games. Um, I don't even remember how well he played, but I remember he played an exhibition game, and there was like seven GMs there. Or something, yeah. and and it was like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, I heard about Dragon Bender for uh, a year before he was drafted. So I just, right. I'm, you know, I I I'm I'm impressed. I'm duly impressed. And so well, you know, I look are. at like the, I look at the Clippers, and I I'm like, well, they're off to an amazing start. I don't know if they really have what it takes to keep it up. Um, they're they're playing a little bit over their head. Um, you know, it's all going really well, but uh, they're playing a little bit over their head. I don't know if they'll if they'll really be there in the end. McMahon or the Mavericks? Is this something that is lasting? Well, here's the thing: they got they got to prove they can win on the road. They are elite at home. 
the the Sixers are the only team that has a better home record, and they're bad on the road. They're two and nine on the road. They've lost to the Suns. Wow, on the I road. didn't know that. They lost bad. to the Hawks on the road. Wow. So they 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 are fifteen and eleven, and you know they're they're not fifteen and zero at home, but they have played fifteen home games and eleven road games. So you know I, I think obviously there's more reason for optimism in Dallas than there has been since they won the championship. Um, but in terms of making the playoffs this season. They've got to prove they can win on the road before uh, before we jump too deep into those waters. Andrew, do you feel safe? Um, no, Brian, I don't feel safe. Do you have fourteen ninety nine a month? Uh, no, Brian, can I borrow? Well, actually, no, no. I was trying to come up with it. I don't. I don't have fourteen ninety nine a month. Okay. Well, I'll give you the fourteen ninety nine a month. Thanks. Because I want you to feel safe. Because that's all it takes to get a simply safe home security system uh it is will it will make you have better peace of mind and what else could you do for 15 bucks a month that would give you peace of mind andrew don't answer that um with simply safe you're always ready they believe nothing should get between you and protecting your family or your uh valuable possessions which i know you have many of andrew but i won't give out your address that's why Simply Safe doesn't cost an arm and a leg. It could, but it doesn't. They charge you what's fair and what's right. That's fourteen ninety nine a month. And Andrew, there's no markups, there's no contracts, there's no installation window. It's so easy. You'll have it up and running in just minutes. Uh, and Andrew, what could be better for the holidays than protecting you or your family or maybe someone else's family that you happen to like with a Simply Safe uh, security system? And today you can save hundreds of bucks. On that protection, if you go to simplysafe.com slash hoop, that's simplysafe.com slash hoop, H-O-O-P. Make sure to use that URL because that's how they will know we sent you. But hurry, this holiday offer is ending soon, Andrew. Put everything down. Stop reading about Kanye West on Twitter and look into simplysafe.com slash hoop. Jackie, what did you take away from that Raptors game in Golden State last night? Thank you. You like that, huh? That's um, 45 minutes. It's a big game last night. Okay. Well, well what I liked about it was without – what I liked about it without um, without Kawhi and Lowry struggling the way he was, their energy level was amazing. And it kind of made me think um, like, you know, we've, we've been talking about the Warriors and all the weird things that have been going on with them and, you know, all the drama. and um, And then it's like – Wow, they had the energy, and has has Golden State like already forgotten they still need that energy? That's what kind of, that's what hit me, you know. And I mean, I know Golden State, I know how they think. So do you guys? They're like, yeah, fine, they beat us, big mm-hmm. bleeping deal. I get it. And by the way, I agree with them because the Raptors have to change the way things go for them. But I think they will because of Kawhi. I think the coaching change has been very, very good for this team, and uh, I like the way they play. They outran the Warriors. I, I didn't even know if that was possible, right? And they, um, th- this is how they were MO. They really start with a lot of force. I mean, they've had some bad games, but they've, they yeah, play with well, a lot of force. Yeah. Uh, although they lost Valanciunas. He's, uh, they announced mm-hmm. he had surgery today and he's going right. to be out a month. Um, you but know, you know, there's a lot of times they don't, but yeah, I was going to yeah. say, Brian, a lot of times they don't play with him anyway because they're playing a different way. Yeah, they're one of the I deepest mean, teams. I mean, you never want to lose a guy. You never want to lose a guy. I don't mean to say yeah. that, but anyway. Yeah. 
Um, and, and by the way, Abaka, Abaka, I feel like the transition of full-time center has been great for him. He's playing great. Yeah, that's one of the, yeah, yeah, he's yeah that's good. one of the big moves that they made was um, to play, to basically say, okay, against teams that play small, we're going to play, uh, uh, we're going to start with, um, uh, Baca, I'm sorry, I'm losing my brain. Baca at center, and then when teams play big, yeah, they're big, like you know, if they play Denver, they're gonna start with Valanciunas. So now that would be, I guess, Greg Monroe, who when they you see know, Denver is... in the finals, <laughs> right? Greg Monroe. Um, but you know, when you look at their team, um, and you certainly saw it last night, it was tremendous production up and down the lineup, and their guys are all multi, multi talented. They didn't. I think one of the things that blew me away last night, like it's one thing if you come in and you just have a red hot shooting night. You make 15 of 26 three pointers. Uh, the other right. team yeah. is on the second night of a back to back. Um, you know, any team can beat anybody on any night. They sure. didn't even have that great of a shooting night. I mean, they, they shot the ball well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm fairly certain that the, uh, that the Warriors outshot them. Well, let me, I'm looking at this. Okay, they shot about the same. They both shot 48%. So it was a, right. it was about the same. The Warriors did have a poor shooting night. They only made six threes, which is unheard of for them. So they were definitely off. Yeah, but it was have. the Raptors who was, it was the Raptors who were on the second night of the back to back. It was the Raptors who were out their best player, unlike when they mm-hmm. played in Toronto a couple weeks ago and they were missing Kawhi or, um, Steph and Draymond. I mean, they had every reason in the world to not win this game and they still won it by 20. Um, that's what impressed me was that there was a lot of stuff going against them and they still won. And you know what we already know about them, which is they have seven or eight different guys. And you know, I I've told this story before, but I was, I was in the Cavs locker room last year after a game against the Raptors where the Cavs won. And I, and I was going, I was standing with the box score talking to a player. I won't say the player's name, but it was not LeBron. Okay. And the player was going down aggregated the box score. Right. I you saw Steph got aggregated this week. He didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Steph <laughs> yeah. was a little frustrated at aggregation. Um, although he, what he, he said was send him to the moon. <laughs> right. And the guy went down the roster with me and he goes, you know, how many of these guys do you fear in a playoff game? Do you fear this guy? No. Do you fear this guy? No, no, no. And there's only like two names on the team yeah. that he feared. And, you know, now I think you look at the team and because of Kawhi and Danny Green, I think they're, I think it's, they've got a different profile. And I think Ananobi proved himself to be, uh, a more legitimate player in the playoffs last year. He was really good in the playoffs last year. And I think Siakam is a, is a new factor that they, you know, even though he was on the team the last two years, he's a different type of player. I just think that their team gives a different Look and the way that they yeah. come into a game like this and perform this way helps you get impressed by them, right? But but you know before, like like your guy in the Cavs locker room said, basically you looked at them and said, yeah, but you know what? They're 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 not built for the postseason. And they're you know every year they play great and then postseason comes and you know the Raptors are going to be the Raptors. But now they've got a Finals MVP. They've got. You know, a, a dude in Danny Green who's, who's also been a champion. You know, even Abaka. Abaka is a guy who, you know, I know, and I know he was there last year, but I do feel like the move he, to center he gave really him helped nothing him. Nothing against the Cavs. Nothing against the Cavs last year. But. Yeah, but he's, he at least does have some, you know, he's been to finals. 
Um, and man, the, and I, you know, the young guys, the, the, and I understand they were there last year, but you know, the, the Siakams and Anobis, I feel like they weren't around for enough of the, you know, playoff misery for that really to, you know, be something that, uh, affects them. The, the question though is, will Kyle Lowry be the kind of, co-star that they need him to be come playoff time. That's the biggest question I th- about the Raptors. I think let me rephrase that. I think can they survive the inevitable Kyle Lowry dud when it happens in the playoffs? Hmm. Well, I mean, DeMar DeRozan was the bigger problem in the postseason. Last year for bigger, sure. Yeah, for sure and other years I think, you know. But and but so, there were games where Kyle was just nowhere to be found. Right. And I understand that. But to me, this is different um, because I think we said this before the season started that what Kawhi was going to do for Lowry was couldn't be couldn't be overstated because of the spacing that he was going to provide, because of the attention he was going to draw, and the kickouts that Kyle Lowry open looks that he was going to get, and you know that's come true. Now he had some, you know, he had a few games where he didn't hit shots. Everybody that happens to everybody in the league at some point, so. I just think if you don't have to be the only guy, and I think for Kyle, because of DeRozan, just it just you know whatever reason it shrink he shrink shrinks in the moment in the postseason. The numbers tell us it happens. They're right there for you to see. That's just the truth. Um, any concern at all about the Warriors? No, Man, I, don't. I can't get concerned about the Warriors in December. Me either. You know, and Me look, either. even last year, they coasted through the whole regular season. And then, you know, they got lucky with Chris Paul's hamstring, but they still had a parade at the end. I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, they, they still have the, the giant X factor. We don't know what DeMarcus Cousins is going to be. I mean, the one thing I'll say is I look at their team and I just don't see depth. You know, I'm watching them last night and they're playing. Uh, well, no, it was all last night, too. I know, but Iguodala misses games. That's what happens. Not would almost game well, the playoffs last. Yeah, that's always going to happen. I mean, I just I look at who I look at their bench, and I'm just like, ooh, it's just not. You know, they made a decision to use their their mid level on on Cousins instead of maybe on another player who or player or two that could have helped their depth, and maybe it'll be genius. Maybe Cousins will have a couple of really impactful quarters in the playoffs, and it'll be genius. I just don't know. I. Uh, but you know, I'm picking it. I'm I'm nitpicking. They're I'm not really yeah. that worried about them. I just well, and you know what I'm, I think. You know what I think Boogie will do for them. I think he will cure them of whatever boredom might be setting in. Like it's going to be a a. I think there's going to be a, a burst of energy when Boogie comes back, just because they're going to be fascinated and excited. Oh, you know, we've got this. Two hundred eighty-five pound new toy. How are we gonna? You know, how, yeah, I've just never seen play? a guy come back from work? an Achilles. I've just never seen a guy come back from an Achilles and be good right away. I just never seen it. That's fair. Um, well, you hardly ever see a guy come back from an Achilles and be good later either. I mean, Wesley Matthews Jr. Maybe, but he's never been the same. Now, I can't. Well, you I know can't what? Think of a Actually, Wes right now is almost exactly the same as he was his last year in Portland. And it t- it's, look, this is the last year of the four-year deal. It's taken him a while. Um, but to his credit, he has, and I think a lot of it's that he's surrounded by better players, but his like his points per game and true shooting percentage are almost identical to what it was in Portland. 
Yeah. Well, I I mean, that's why I said if he, he gives the them same. it's not the numbers, it's the way he moves. No, I hear. That's true. That's yeah. true. And it's Elton Brand certainly was never the same guy and that's the no. closest comp yeah. to uh, to I mean, Boogie in terms of, you know. But they don't need Boogie to play, average better. 20 and 10. If Boogie, no, like no, I said, no. if Boogie has if Boogie has a dominant quarter in, at the right time in a playoff series, he'll be worth every cent that they paid him. Yeah. Uh, now the, so, the flip side is if if Boogie commits four turnovers in a quarter and loafs back on defense and that's true, you know, they're, they're, they could go it could go the other way too. And, you know, my other concern is like you know Boogie obviously is got to you know he is trying to get a contract next summer too and. If they see that he's not helping and, you know, they start benching mm-hmm. him in fourth quarters, you know, that's, that's the other concern is, you know, is he going to be cool with that? I mean, that's what we're all going to watch. Well, but. if not, they've always got the, uh, the mellow option. And what I mean by that is the guy can get sick and next thing you know, you banish him. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, can I ask you guys one thing? Yes, if you already did. You have, if you have to pick, all right, if you have to pick one team in the East, that would be able to upset Golden State in the finals this season today. Jack, I want to hear your 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 today. You're our East Coast today, representative, Jackie. Yeah, if it's today, I would say Toronto because Kawhi Kawhi's. You know, I put all my trust in Kawhi. I, I would if you're if you're projecting later. Yeah, well, that's different. That's a different question. You said today, didn't you, Andrew? I did say today. Yes. So I say Toronto today. Has Toronto established themselves as the East favorite? Because the Celtics were pretty clear cut going into the season. Yes. Has Toronto been that good, that that impressive, where we're ready to say, hey, it is Toronto, you know, the East runs through uh, the North now? I think Jackie. Yes, I do for now. Jackie, do you think Al Horford's. Do you think Al Horford's okay? Al Horford. I'm not. I, no, I'm not convinced of that. That's I, a I, big I, factor for me. It mm-hmm. is. It absolutely is. And, you know, all sort of general, my knee soreness for a couple he's of He's not had a good year. Well, he's had a better year than you think because that's just how it rolls with Al, right? The when he's a long-standing Al Horford hater. I no, just I didn't he's think he was fan. a max. I, I didn't think he was a max player. I didn't think he's but a see, bad player. Here's why he was. Here's why he was. Because you, you had to get Al... To get Kyrie to get the next piece, that's how it goes. Well, clearly he had three max offers, maybe four. So he clearly was a max player. Well, he's he is your classic analytics darling. Nuance analytics. Mm -hmm. Nuance. I want to be clear about that. It wasn't like I didn't like Al as a player. I just didn't like a hundred and twenty million dollar contract. That was all. That's fine. They had to do it. They had to spend some money. Headline for the aggregators: Wendy hates Al Horford. Right. Just I always like talking about. Oh, sorry, but just while we're yeah. talking about teams from the East, just for argument's sake, guess who has the best shooting percentage defensively against opponents' three-point shots? Just take a stab at it. Best in the league, by the way, not just the best in the East. That's a clue. Well, that sounds like something that like a Mike Budenholzer team would have. Milwaukee, yeah. That's my guess. There's no, wrong. Milwaukee's 15th. It's the oh, Detroit really? Pistons. Your Detroit not- Pistons. Now, Denver's right there, Boston's right there, OKC, Golden State, they're all in the 32% range with Toronto right behind them. 
But I just it's thought that just, was interesting because I, I was going to tell you that I thought Denver was probably the team that had done the best. And Detroit, they're all, it's a, we're talking percentage points. Denver, Denver's, Detroit, Boston, OKC, and Golden State, all teams are shooting 32 point something percent against them. But D- Detroit is the team I didn't think any of you would guess. And I, you know. You were right. We would have been here for a while. Denver is, Denver's improvement on defense is one of the, Biggest stories of the year in terms of uh, like nobody's you know it's not that fun to talk about but it's huge huge development. Well, and, and, and let's see how what. it holds up without uh, Millsap though. Well, and they yeah. they're already down Gary Harris and Will Barton too. Mm-hmm. They're really they're, they're down they're, three starters. You know, I mean, yeah, geez. but you know what's amazing about those guys having been here a couple of days now. You know, so you guys know this. You walk into a gym and there's a vibe, right? You walk mm-hmm. into that gym and you're like, whoa, like there's a bounce. There's a vibe. You know, their best player doesn't care if he scores. That's Jokic, right? He doesn't even care if he scores. Jamal Murray, by the way, does care if he scores. <laughs> Jackie, <laughs> uh, I, I, had a, I had a note in my column this week. Uh, somebody who recently was at a Denver practice was raving about how Michael Porter Jr. looks. He does I know he's not. I saw a little bit I know, of him. You know who else I, is only a couple of weeks away is IT. Couple of weeks. Oh yeah! He looked, wow. He was and by the way, that's in the gym. That's another interesting. You know, that's another. It's it's kind of like the Warriors with Boogie. Is is that going to be a good thing or could that go uh, go haywire on him? If they go haywire, he's gone. I'm telling yeah, you, they don't true. have that. They, 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 that's one. That's the big difference between like the Celtics and the Cavs. There, there's not that much invested in them. You know, right. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a sort of a flyer. All right, well, we uh, have to wrap. But, Jackie, thank you for joining us. McMahon, enjoy the Lakers-Rockets uh, tonight. I have no idea what will happen in that game. The Lakers could win by 20 or lose by 20. Um, and thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective Pod. Mm-hmm.